Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, y'all? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Piggy. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week and review them. And we got a pack stack for you. Pack so, stack! Pack stack! We're going to jump into it in a second. But first, I wanted to mention we are getting a bunch of great recommendations for folks on our iTunes comments section. We've been asking people to leave a comment there, request a book. For us to review could be an older book, could be something that we reviewed a while ago in the stack and haven't gotten back to for whatever reason. Whatever you want, drop a recommendation there. Uh, We don't have anything for this week's show, but coming up, we're going to be reviewing a manga called Dead Dead Demons DDD Destruction, which sounds like I'm making it up. Maybe I am. I haven't checked yet, but we're going to be reviewing that in two weeks time. If you have recommendation for us again drop it in the itunes comment section we'd love to check it out but let's jump into it with avengers forever number one from marvel written by jason aaron art by aaron cooter this is spinning directly off of the massive avengers anniversary special that just dropped following ghost rider and deathlock as they travel through the multiverse gathering together a team of multiversal avengers to fight the multiversal masters of evil here we focus on a ant-man who is also tony stark what do you guys think about this one yeah who is this guy <laughs> yeah, um, I think this is fun. I, I, I love this as an um, extension of what's going on in uh, what we saw in sort of the recent Jason Aaron Adventures book. Yeah, I think this is like, you know, we talked about framing and stuff like this and kind of starting with what we think is Ant-Man. Okay, great. And then the reveal that it's Tony Stark under there is pretty cool. Um, yeah, also love this whole kind of like... Um, hammer down like you know hammer down imbued with the power of vengeance is very cool setup um you know i'm i'm a sucker for ghost rider this is really a lot of great action a lot of the over top matchups here i'm i'm i think this is really cool i think that with i wouldn't want anyone to be writing this book but jason aaron the way he takes on these like mash them up alternate universe ideas is so good and so he's just having so much fun just like the his entire avengers run and so this is just a great like heightened version of that and shout out to aaron cooter who is one of my absolute favorite artists working today is a perfect match for this book there is some gross and gnarly over the top stuff that happens throughout but his character designs are fun his action is clean just a really good matchup very excited to read the rest of this book Next up, Batman One Dark Knight, number one from DC Comics. This is written 
written and art by Jock. This is a prestige format black label book. And the idea here is, is it 13 blocks? Is that the Bruce Willis thing where they need to battle through 13 blocks to get to their destination? Yeah. It's basically that, but with Batman and a supervillain. A um, little bit of a spoiler there because most of the first issue is the setup of that, but you can kind of see where it's going from the most very Daff beginning. Most is amazing in that film. What? Most Daff. Was oh the, yes, most yeah. most definitely yes. Uh, the <laughs> this book is this. a yeah. lot of fun, and I think we're used to seeing Jock draw these very very dark things for Scott Snyder in particular. Seeing him do something that is dark and is action heavy, but is just a fun action movie at the same time is very cool to see. Yeah, plus you get like a really cool map of Gotham in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think this is like a fun premise, and what's great is it's not. This and don't get me wrong. There's like a lot of great Snyder, uh, Tom King stuff where we're like, "What's happening?" We're slowly following out. Like we get it. It's all set up in this first issue. We understand the premise, and now we can just have fun and enjoy. So yeah, I I think this is a really cool book. I'm excited for more. Uh, I, I really like the map stuff as well. I like the like the reference Alex is making. Um, it's about Batman moving through space, th moving through Gotham City. And we get to really see Gotham City. It's like a smushed New York um, where the cloisters are Arkham Asylum and Blackgate is Coney Island, essentially, which um, if you've ever been on uh, out there, that's it's what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly when I'm trying to get a hot dog in Nathan's. I'm like, geez, yep. I'm in a high security prison over here. Come on. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Alex what? enters the hot dog eating contest every year and comes in last place, right? 75th, have, yeah, 75th. Yeah. You eat like two. Yes, to the point, uh, Joey Chestnut actually said to me this past year, he's like, you know you're not actually in the contest, right? You're just eating hot dogs near us. And I was like, I'm coming for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Marvel, number one from Marvel, written by Samira Ahmed, art by Andres Genolet. This is finally bringing Kamala Khan back to comic books. I mean, she was in a bunch of the other, but in her solo title. And here she's dealing, as everybody is this days, as is all the rage, she's dealing with some multiverse shenanigans that she gets mixed up in. But this, to me, felt like a really good, very perfect follow-up to the old series. It's right in tone with it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. What about you guys? Yeah, uh, you got to be careful. You don't want to stare at that bean too long in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. some crazy shit can happen. Um, yeah, I thought this, you know, really amazing art. Great kind of premise set up. Uh, fun villain reveal at the end. Yeah, this is just uh, a solid, great book. Continues to be great. Uh, yeah, please check it out. Please, Please check it out. Please. Um, I love uh, her wearing the, um, is it the, it's the old Captain Marvel logo mm -hmm. t-shirt that she's just wearing casually. And then she pulls it off to reveal her Ms. Marvel uniform underneath. I was like, huh. subtle shift into your superheroics mode. <laughs> it's the shirt before the shirt, man. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I know what it's like. Uh, yeah. I always wear it's it whenever like, I have a It's like when a Batman wears a human face over his bat cowl. It's the same sort of thing. What? Yeah. When he walks into a place, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Nightwing does this all the time, too, where he's like, I'm just a regular guy. And then they're like, you're not a regular guy. You're Batman. And then he takes off his face and he has the full Batman costume under. And you're like, how did you push that down? Yeah. Bruce Wayne doesn't have a face. That's a mask. And then the regular face is the 
is the bat cow. Yeah, yeah it's he's tattooed. like a Russian Russian nesting egg of faces, just oh all the God. way down. His Russian head is about this big. Faces. It's the size of an egg. He's got a tiny head. No one talks about Batman's tiny head. <laughs> A pinhead. Pinhead. Robin's number two. Speaking of Batman stuff, there we go. Comics written by Tim Seeley, art by Baldemar Rivas. In this book, the Robins are teaming up together to track down, though they don't know it yet, a evil Robin who is gunning for their original cases. This book is great. Yes, it is really worth checking out. Fun over the top. Do you want to add a please there, Pete? You haven't said please yet for this one. Uh, Please. 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 Yeah, I just think uh, the reveal at the end is worth it alone. I I just, uh, uh, it's really cool. Tim wouldn't. he's good. I wouldn't call that a reveal at the end, but um, you liked where it ended. Yeah, yeah. I would call it a reveal, but all right. Um, The... The way that we get, there's a lot happening in this book with the Robin sort of moving forward in their mission, in their mm-hmm. case. Um, at the same time, we're getting a lot of backstory on them throughout. Uh, there's, It's great. The way that Tim Seeley balances all this together is really fun, and each Robin sort of gets their due over the course. The Amazing Spider-Man. I feel like Stephanie, oh. sorry, I feel like Stephanie's getting a little bit of short shrift here. A little bit. Um, and I, I think that's a shame, but I do feel like the way that that sort of case file section works. I think she's going to have a larger role later on. I agree. The Amazing Spider-Man number 82 from Marvel, written by Saladin Ahmed, art by Jorge Fornes. In this issue, Peter Parker is still in a hospital bed with radiation poisoning. Meanwhile, Ben Riley is off being Spider-Man. But this is a very different issue here as Peter deals with a horror setup in the hospital. This was awesome. I thought this was great. This was my favorite Spider-Man issued a very long time. Super scary. Very weird. Very different. Um, Pete, you're giving a little bit of a stink face. Yeah. yeah no. No. This is does something worst... smell where does something smell where you are, Pete? No. This is my worst nightmare. This book was a little too like in my own personal nightmares. Uh, no, thank you with this. Um, because you think it's going to happen to you. Well, yes. Yeah. When you know. I recently went under uh, for a procedure and I watched them wheel people away and you don't see them come back and it's fucking scary, man. And the, yeah, this is my worst nightmare. Some creepy person while you're knocked out or whatever, uh, takes advantage of you. This is an absolute nightmare come to reality. Uh, of course, Salbin loves this because uh, he's a because I'm going to do that to you someday. Yeah, yeah I was going to say yeah. I, I look forward to later. Just so you guys know, um, we are all each other's primary caretaker <laughs> in, in our old age. So I can't wait to be putting Pete under and like just taking care of him, oh, um, doing casual makeovers, light <laughs> surgery. It's going to be great. Um, I like this book a lot too. I think the key here is Spider-Man so much lately has been wildly complex um, for years with the Nick Spencer run. I think we really like that to start, speaking of Alex and I, obviously. Um, And then we were like, ah, it's too complex. We don't know what's happening here. And a little bit this new run with the Ben Riley stuff, this is just a fun, simple story that's terrifying, that happens to be terrifying, where Peter isn't really a superhero at all or in control yeah but, but mary jane steps story. up pete yeah. you had to like that right you're goddamn right she does cat that's woman, what you do for love Catwoman, yeah. lonely city number two even if you're DC just not married in friends 
Okay. Right, Pete? Yeah. Catwoman, Lonely City number two from DC Comics by Cliff Chiang. This is another prestige black label format book. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of Catwoman stuff, a lot of Batman stuff going on, but I'm loving yeah. all of it. Put it right in my wow. veins. It's great stuff. Uh, it, I To be take a little bit of a side trip here, just because now we've talked through, I think, already three Batman-focused books, and there's more to come in this stack. <laughs> Definitely reading through this, every time I was like, oh my god, this is so much. This is too much that they're putting on a weekly basis. And then I would read the book and be like, but it's really good. It's really good. And I mean, this was one of my favorites, maybe my favorite of all of the Bat-Cat books that came out this week. Um, it's set in a sort of a near future where um, Catwoman has been away for 10 years and we get to just really smart takes on what's going on in the in the bat world in in the near future. And because it's Cliff doing the writing, the art, everything, like there's great little Easter eggs and bits throughout in the background of the art. It's really clean, really smartly done. It's just a great if I may say, package. Nice. Um, art alone is worth it. Yeah, it's just, it's a cool take on just fast forwarding a little bit into the future, kind of like where would they be? What's going on? Also, there's like fun reveals of the characters popping up and like it's cool choices made with characters that we know so well. So it's kind of refreshing uh, to see these takes and to kind of see these people uh, a little bit further along in life. I, yeah, this is great. Two things that I'll mention just additionally, Justin, you mentioned little Easter eggs and things. Worth it for the T-shirts alone. Just yeah, throughout oh, the exactly. thing. So funny. So much great fun. Great fun T-shirts. And I know I said this is the last issue. I cannot get enough of old man Killer Croc. He, just yeah. him being the dude who hangs out at the bodega all day. Yeah. Great. Love it. And let me be honest, like, there feels like there might be a budding romance between uh, Riddler and Catwoman here, and I'm here for it. This is yeah. fun. Wow. Very good stuff. This book is really good. Let's move on to another one, though. King Conan, number one from Marvel, yes. written again by Jason Aaron, art by Mahmoud Azrar. As you can figure out from the title, this is a older Conan who gets stuck on an island with his mortal enemy. They end up fighting, and there's a couple of twists there. Pete... You're a Conan guy. What did you think about this? Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of, like, takes on Conan. This is a classically awesome Conan story. This is what I want. I want, like, Conan dropped into a fucking pit and having to fight his way out. This is really cool. You know, not overly trying to do too much. Just kind of a really cool Conan adventure. And, uh, yeah, Jason Aaron knows action, loves action. This is just bloody in all the right parts. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> great thing to hear a person say. Bloody in all the right parts. Uh, you guys have ever, have you guys ever been to a uh, maggot beach? Uh, or washed what? up on a, a maggot beach? A maggot? Oh, a maggot beach. I thought maggot you were beach? saying a MAGA beach. I also no. thought you were saying a MAGA beach. I, I, was, I was like, like yes to that, no to maggot. Are we mixing? I'm not sure. Um, because Conan washes up on a maggot beach, and that's why you got to check the surf report, because you don't <laughs> want to be there for the maggot beach. Yeah. Um, very gross. I love, of all the Conan stories, I love King Conan. I like an older Conan uh, if you're a fan of Jason Aaron's older Thor stuff um, and sort of yeah. the the three parts of Thor that he was doing for a while, this is a great uh, great en energy like that. And we get 
Conan doing this, having this great battle, while also reflecting on sort of his life and all the w- wins and losses he took over the years. What do you, just to get into spoilers a little bit, what do you think about the fact that not only does he not do a lot of king stuff in this King Conan book, but also at the end he reveals he's not a king? Feels like false advertising to me. Do you guys Yeah, agree? but you gotta, you gotta hang in there, okay? Oh, okay. Why, it, you want you know, him to be, like, dividing up land rights? What are you <laughs> hoping for? Yeah, you're like, oh, I used to slay a lot of people. Now I need to, uh, I don't know, make sure the serfs are fed. Let's work on the jester's act. <laughs> I think it's a little weak in the middle. I love when he farts and I love when he juggles, but I want to connect the two. <laughs> I'd love to say it. All right, folks, we are going to move to this week's sponsor, which is the Players' Tribune's new podcast, Blindsided. Given how they play the game, you might not think that professional athletes are dealing with mental health issues, but that's exactly what the Players' Tribune is tackling with their first-ever mental health podcast, Blindsided. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh, the show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. Blindsided allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges people face, whether you're a professional athlete or not. Guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonette, and Kurt Warner. So, Pete, great great lineup there, right? Yeah, it's a great lineup. And, yeah, it's important. Mental health now more than ever is super important, regardless of if you're an athlete or a comedian. You should be talking to somebody if you feel like you need to. And this podcast uh, deals with that. It's nice to hear other people's story and how people uh, uh, came to it and their journey. So I'm excited to check out this podcast. Blindsided dives in deeper, it gets clinical, and it allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and why athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast, not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. All right. Why don't yes. we move it back to the reviews with Wonder Woman Evolution number two from DC Comics, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Mike Hawthorne. Not to keep going into multiverse stuff, but here, once again, Wonder Woman is lost in a weird multiverse where some strange versions of her friends are attacking her, specifically Steve Trevor of Themyscira oh, in this Harper. issue. Uh, what did you think about this, and how do you feel about this as opposed to the current Wonder Woman run? There's a lot of good Wonder Woman stories going on right now. Between this one, the the main book, um, the super high end uh, book that's getting into like redefining uh, Themyscira, Historia, yeah, yeah. Uh, redefining what uh, Themyscira is and uh, sort of what it means for for the DC universe, and, and they're all good. Like this is fun. This is feels the art is a little more sort of almost sci-fi and the story sort of is the writing reflects that a little bit and and i like that i like having multiple creative versions of wonder woman when i feel like wonder woman as a character has been doing a little bit of the same thing for a long time yeah i agree this is just great art a fun story i like the reveal it feels like just a really cool uh wonder woman story and uh yeah definitely if you're a fan of wonder woman check it out next up eat the rich number five from boom studios written by sarah gailey art by pius bach this is the last issue of this book and bless uh, excuse bless this book bless this book because it's it's nothing to sneeze at alex this book is (laughs) nothing to sneeze at 
I've loved this run on this book. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, very gruesome at the same time. As you can probably figure out from the title, it has been actually not about eating the rich. It's about the rich eating their servants. Things turn Ooh, around classic. a little bit this issue. What do you people, think man. about this series as a whole? Well, yeah. I mean, what was nice is it was like, eat the rich. You're like, okay, what are we doing here? A little bit of twist on that. But I love the creativity <laughs> from the kind of start to finish. I thought that it wasn't exactly what you thought it was going to be, even when you get a kind of a handle on it. So I was really impressed with the creativity of this book. The art is good. Storytelling is cool. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I agree. I've loved this whole series. Um, the art does great stuff with like using words as part of the visual storytelling yeah. uh, throughout, which is awesome. Um, we're really riding along with the emotional, it's almost like a classic romance comic, the way that we're sort of in the our main character's head for the whole yeah. time, yeah. Um, which is really cool. Feels like that was a format that, um, that Sarah Gailey was using as a basis maybe even. I do think this last issue was felt a little fast. I wish we had a sixth issue where we could sort of see almost a longer epilogue because sure. I love where it goes and then it feels like it really hammers into the end and one more issue would have really brought it all home with a similar pace to what we got in the first four issues. But this is a great trade. If you haven't been reading this, pick up Eat the Rich when it comes out in trade. Batwoman, Batman, Catwoman, excuse me, number nine from DC Comics, written by Tom King. Batwoman, by, Catman. Let's see it. I'm into it. Let's make it happen. Art by Liam Sharp. This is continuing the tale of Catwoman in three different periods of time as she interacts with the Joker and sometimes Batman. Uh, what do you guys think about <laughs> this issue? <laughs> yeah, I think I love this kind of like three timelines thing that is set up here. Um, Tom King is kind of telling a bigger story. I'm glad we're getting the space to kind of do it. Uh, I mean, the art is just very cool. I'm, I'm enjoying watching this whole thing kind of unfold. Uh, I'm nervous about what's going to go down, but I'm very much enjoying that, the ride. The thing I really, I really like this book. I like uh, all of Tom King's work. I feel like has some merit to it. Mm -hmm. But if you remember back when this book was announced, it was like continuing the romance of Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. And I was like, this is I just had a moment in the middle of this book reading uh, this issue. Where I was like, what is it? What is what, what happened here? I we're so far away from that. And then it, Sometimes it's so you gotta complex. Go away. You gotta Definitely. Walk. And I'm not saying it's bad by any means, but it's just we're in an, a whole other place and I, I I miss that the great like crime fighting romance like cat bat uh, stuff uh, cat bat stuff of the series before it pivoted off into this um, so I do miss that and as far as the merits of this story it's a it's that problem where like I just don't know quite enough to know enough about what's going on an issue by issue basis to be like yes I know I like this there's so much Joker Catwoman stuff in different eras where I'm like. Are they? They seem like they're friends. Or they seem like they're enemies. I believe me. I Come feel like on. we're. I usually am saying you know what you're Tom saying King? to me. I'm not saying that. I feel like what I'm always you? saying what I you're do. saying to I, me. I know better than Tom King. Go ahead. Uh, Tom King is Alex Zellman's uh, nom de bloom. Um, <laughs> what I was just saying though is it's just the thread gets a little lost. I feel like I need to reread the series every time a new issue comes out. 
Uh, I'll agree with that. I will say, echoing my comment on the past couple of issues, Liam Sharp is so much better for this book right now than Clay Mann, who, mind you, I like yeah. Clay Mann quite a bit, yes. but Liam Sharp is crushing it. There's uh, several panels with the Joker in particular, with his smile almost leaking off of his face. That Love that. So cool. Yeah. So uh, I always say this, this is me being repetitive, but it's worth it for the art alone. Moving on, <laughs> House of Slaughter, number three from Room Studios, written by James Fourth and Tate Brabel, art by Chris Sheehan. <laughs> In this issue, we're continuing to follow our two main characters who were in a relationship back in the day. Now one of them is tasked with killing the other one while they're still fighting monsters. We see the beginnings of that relationship and the potential re-sparking of that relationship. I love how romantic this book is, which I was not expecting. Honestly, what, re, talking about this right after Batman Catwoman, this is the exact kind of romance in two different time periods that I feel like we could be having in that book. Because it is. The romance is great. There's an element of danger here. We're seeing sort of... We're, it's the, the telling the story of how the House of Slaughter works through the lens of these two characters falling in love and then trying to see if they can get it back after they've really gone sort of Romeo and Juliet into different parts Ooh. of the House of Slaughter. Um it's great. It's operating on on two levels, and it's only the third issue of this story. Very cool. Yeah, I mean the the storytelling in the, in this book it has been so cool. The way we're kind of getting things in different ways. We're not getting a straight up. This is a what the this is how it started. This is how the main character got involved. We're getting all this cool perspective stuff, and uh, it's really interesting. Uh, just these books have been so creative the art is so well done a lot of unbelievable action there's moments where you jump and uh it's that the whole uh the sitting around a campfire telling crazy store uh ghost stories and then that shit happened oh so scary Next yeah. up, one of my absolute favorite issues, not just of the week, but maybe of the year, Nightwing number 87 from DC Comics, written Here by Tom go. Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo. In this issue, Dick Grayson has made a pronouncement to all of Bloodhaven that he's going to rejuvenate the place. And there's a couple of criminals who don't particularly like that, so they go after him. But the artistic conceit of the book is that everything is in double-page spreads, and you follow almost stop motion is the wrong word but basically all of the panels are happening simultaneously worth it for the panels alone as you follow nightwing trying to escape from everybody uh, batgirl gets involved at a certain point this was awesome yeah i mean i don't know it's is not everybody's seen john wick don't mess with dogs you don't mess with somebody's a uh, dog you know what i mean like come on mm. Don't hurt or steal somebody else's animal. But this is just a, like, fantastic book. Just, uh, Nightwing has been so good lately. This It just continues to be great. I mean, I'm a huge Nightwing fan. This run, I've talked about a lot, it feels like a, a renaissance, a huge, like, time to be reading Nightwing. And to your point, Alex, like the art in this is fantastic. It reminds me of some Hawkeye stuff from the landmark run that we talk about all the time um, that inspired the current TV series. And uh, it also reminded me of uh, the dance slot Spider-Man. Was it Marcos Martin who was doing mm -hmm. the art? Um, similar stuff to this where it was like super wide, a lot of action, sort of 
seeing the characters uh, multiple times across the page to show the action feels yeah. like uh, classic, like, you know, video game world building in a little bit. Like, it's super fun. It's super light. It captures the tone of the character in this great way. And maybe I'm on a romance hit, but seeing Nightwing and uh, Batgirl out here doing it up, um, even though there wasn't too much romance here, it's just the way, the shorthand they have with each other. This is the relationship I want in comics. Let's see more of this. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number three from Image Comics, written by Rick Remender, art by Andre Limo Arujo. This issue, we get some big reveals about what's going on with our main characters end up on a hit for a poor woman. Things turn out in a different way than you might expect. Pete, you love this issue. Talk about it. Yeah, we've been kind of getting little bits and pieces of the story. Now we're kind of getting like the main characters kind of like motivation, uh, whose side of this that they're on. It was great to see our, our, our guy step up and kind of like decide not to continue down this horrible path. This was very exciting issue. Love all the action. You know, you don't need thought balloons and word bu- uh, bubbles all the time. You can just show us. You don't have to fucking talk so much. You need I love this. You don't need to think. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to think at all. Be as people. Just talk and read. Don't comics. overthink it, man. Don't think it all. Don't ever think it. Overthink it. Ever think it. Um. This book is stressful in a in a great way. It's like I feel like Rick Remender, especially with the the art by uh, Andre uh, Lima Araujo. Uh, it's it's so good. It's so tense, and it it builds this. It, there's this mystery happening, or this sort of like uh, identity switching that you uh, it really makes it stressful to to read. Next up, Refrigerator Full of Heads, number three from oh, DC boy. Comics, written by Rio Ewers, art by Tom Fowler. In this issue, we find out some big revelations about our axe that chops off people's heads and keeps them alive. Turns out it's part of a set that has uh, power <laughs> to do a lot of other things. Um, and a belt that we don't even know what the power we don't know is. What That's how does. weird what it is. What does the belt do? Um, very fun, though. Very much enjoying the series. It has a little bit of a different tone than Basket Full, basket full of Heads. Basket. Um, but uh, still very fun. What do you guys think? The Basket Full of Heads, the series that was sort of before this, um, had sort of like a slightly goofy 70s horror movie tone to it, I feel like. This is like full good. This is like 80s uh, horror movie where like it's fully like there's it's all over the place and there's just heads getting lopped off head lopping. That's a good idea for a book. Uh, There's so much of that happening in this book. Um, So it's still fun, but it's a little more uh, freewheeling than than the original series. Yeah, I think it's a great art. Cool story if you're into this type of shit. All right, uh, that Texas tell, blood. Hard to tell if you liked it. <laughs> I, that did, Texas... I did like it, but you know, horror stuff for me is not my. Because you're scared. Well, one of your biggest nightmares is that your head gets chopped off and you keep to having to do this podcast, right, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got spoiler, Pete. When you get old, and I'm taking care of you, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep your keep your head in a jar and constantly podcasting. 
That Texas Blood, number 13 from Image Comics, written by Chris Condon, art by Jacob Phillips. This is a one-off Christmas special that continues to double down on the last arc's pseudo-supernatural vibe, which I thought was kind of interesting. I dug this a lot. I know we've been really enjoying this book quite a bit, but Justin, I know you were particularly into this one. I love this book. I love the world. I love the characters. I love just the storytelling. And this is literally like our main character telling a story about the past. Um, it reminds me, I think it reminds me a bit of Starman, the sort of times past uh, books back in that series that I love so much. And it's just a great sort of horror story for Christmas um, that we get here. And it, it treads the line well of having supernatural elements that may or may not be true because it is a story. So uh, that's, I love it. Pete? This is creepy as shit, man. Go fuck yourself. This is some fucking weird shit. There's no reason to curse that much right now. <laughs> but, all right. I'm sorry, yeah. you were scared. I don't, know, I don't know why you think I need reasons to do that, but uh, I don't. All right, uh, fair enough. Let's move on and talk about fucking Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number six from DC Comics. Written by Tom King, art by Bilquis Evely. This is another banger of an issue from an incredible book so far. I have loved every single one here. Here, we get a retelling of Supergirl's origin that is darker and more upsetting than we've ever seen before, but absolutely excellently done. Completely heartbreaking. Love this issue. As I mean, usual. Justin, you want to talk about great packages. This is just unbelievable writing, unbelievable art. Tom King. Yeah, I, this is just really, really great. Every single issue has just been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing if you're not checking this out. I agree. I love this book a lot. It it takes sort of – it's hard to pinpoint what the actual – sort of origins of the tone here is it feels like sort of like a fairy tale but but retold in a very dark way oh i think it's it's adventure comics like it's adventure yeah. comics like john carter type stuff one of the best movies of recent years oh, mind you uh, so but our star wars comics. yes famously wars. quoted uh, no but it's, it's like it's like those old uh i'm probably getting the time period wrong but like very 40s 50s type adventure comics going to alien planets and visiting them. Lots of narration there. There's a little bit, I don't think this is exactly it, but it feels a little bit Little Nemo and Slumberland sometimes. Um, mm, yeah. Particularly through the character designs, though the sense of perspective isn't like that at all. Um, but that's that's what I'd pinpoint. Uh, sorry. Well, well, I just well, want to no. say, the, to jump on what you're saying a little bit, yes, those time periods and for sure, but the art is so much better than those time periods. Like it's just because it's modern. the way it, it kind of like sets up the character, the different feel and look, it sucks you into this world in such a, a fantastic way. It's, it's truly impressive what this comic is doing. What I'm saying is it's this character that is normally like a bright, like a youthful character that is just like, Hey, what's happening? Naive often portrayed Supergirl. And gives her this like much more like fraught, darker under understory, and it, this story, if you remember, kicked off with her just trying to uh, investigate the death of Crypto, mm -hmm. uh, and she's mad about it, get, trying to get revenge, and it's gotten into this just so hard questing for this thing and like almost dying in every issue, 
and here this like race uh, against everything as her origins retold like it is it does have a sort of big adventure almost like um never-ending story energy to it as well like mm -hmm. it's good it's it's her John Wick, you know what I mean? Like somebody messes with crypto and then totally. she loses. All you talk about is John Wick, I guess. <laughs> it's just it feels a little uh did you just watch that before we started? Yeah. The Harbinger number three from Valiant Comics, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, art by Robbie Rodriguez. This is entering the first arc, I believe, of this book, Re rebuilding Peter Stanchek, the Harbinger, as a new type of superhero for the Valiant universe. What do you guys think about this one? I really thought this was like, you know, because we get this kind of retelling the new... I thought this was really great. I love the art. It really kind of sets up that this is a different feel from the Harbinger that we've normally seen. And I think that sets a tone that keeps things fresh and interesting. Uh, I was really impressed with this book. I was impressed with the layout, the panels, all the action. I thought this was really cool. Also really love the backup. Um, I, I'm very excited for that Colin Bunn series. Uh, for Shadow Man, but yeah, this is this is great. It's got a lot of big ideas in this book. There's some like uh, like when your uh, identity is exposed, like do you move on? Do you try to retake it? And then like trying to like just great superhero and and use of the uh, sort of psychic powers, um, sitting there hovering over the world, changing the density of the air, um, and trying to figure out how to attack um, these these villains. It's cool. It's really a really smart, smartly written book, I think. Next up, Catwoman, number 38 from DC Comics, written by Ram V, art by Casper Wingard. This is serving as sort of a coda to the big Fear State storyline that happened with Catwoman and everything that's been going on in the past couple of issues, as well as setting her up for a new status quo where I believe she's going back to Gotham City after spending a while Going, away. going back, back to Gotham, Gotham. Yep. Uh, so the big standout for me here is Casper Wingard, who I believe does the art for Homesick Pilots, which we love. Yep. So very excited to see him on something else, particularly Catwoman uh, and Ram V, always very reliable as a writer. Hell yeah. I, I think this is really fun. I like the reveal. A uh, lot of cool character moments. Uh, a lot of just cool character designs like the creepy priest character this is this is great it felt like the last issue of a run mm -hmm. um really um, so i was sort of surprised at the the way the story was told like you said lots of cool stuff um uh, use of clayface in here is really cool yes um I and spoil that but fuck you man jesus i didn't say on. how that's not a reveal now you you ruined it by saying that no. um the uh <laughs> But I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I'm ready. I think we can all move on from, from Fear State um, now. I'm comfortable moving on. Oh, good. I'm glad you're comfortable I'm moving so on. I'm scared to move on. I'm really comfortable. That's great. On. I hope I'm you're comfortable afraid. talking about Radiant Black, number 11 from Image Comics, written by Kyle Higgins and Joe Clark, art by Marcelo Costa. This is bringing our now main character back into the fold. And spoiler, though this gets introduced early on, he was in fact able to bring our previous main character back to life, but that causes more complications for both of them in a big way. I love how they just keep layering on the mythology of this book. It's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I mean, the twists and turns, and just when you think, like, okay, all right, this is how it's going to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, really cool last couple of pages. Uh, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where they're being very smart about this. It's like, we know what superhero comics are. We're making different choices. We're doing different things as far as, like, who gets the spotlight and who wears the mantle. It's very cool to see the different choices and struggles that people are going with going through I, I think this is a really smart comic i feel like we've talked about this a lot through the run of this book this book is way better than it has any uh right to be <laughs> like we did not see it coming that it was going to be this good and this like you're saying like layered superhero storytelling um and still like it's funny at points the um the yeah. relationship uh between um our sort of now made character and is it the red uh radiant black radiant red is that pink, what, or yeah. pink? Uh, pink it's the pink one yeah yeah um is really fun their conversation is really funny about um uh, sort of internet speak versus non-internet speak um was great and um the drama is like i'm caught up in it the reveal yeah. at the end was good yeah. It's good stuff. All right, folks, if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.